Welcome to In the Thick of It, Provin Lossy's weekly podcast with me, Colin Lambert. It might be a little bit loose this week because by the time you re- you actually listen to this, there is probably more than half a chance I will finally be uh, doing something many of you haven't done for a long while, like myself, and that is actually be on an aeroplane um, to get myself home. So here's hoping for that one, and I just hope I haven't jumped the gun. Um, we've got an interesting guest this week, actually. We're just looking at one of the good things in the market, which I think is is important. It's been a tough year, but before we get there, we'll look at the week that was. I guess there's two or three things, really, that struck me this week. First one probably was um, XTX Markets launching their algo. Um, it's an interesting move, and it makes sense because, you know, and I like the sort of, you know, the pitch. They've come with one strategy, um, and it's like trade like XTX fine there's there's the marketing bit done but the key is i think their predictive mid they they you know they they uh, tout because it does need a different approach to tca if you're really going to use this algo in my in my mind because it's one thing that only so many firms understand it's not and never should have been about top of book and what I like about this, you know, what the way XTX is talking about their algo is, no, this is not about top of book. It's not about just being passive. It's actually, in effect, replicating what a voice trader used to do. If the market is looking offered, then the voice trader would hold off bidding and vice versa. This is the automated version of that, which makes sense. And, you know, given the predictive alpha that the firm thinks it has, it should work pretty well. Um I also like the idea of there just being one strategy. You know, banks need to offer more strategies. I get that because they've got a much vaster range of clients in terms of sophistication and um, demands. You know, those clients have best ex- execution policies that go across the whole spectrum. Um, you don't feel XDX, XTX sorry, has that hugely broad client base still. I mean, I know this is about trying to get them in front of corporates and asset managers and so on, but generally speaking, you know, by going the partnership route, it is a different market structure change. It's like, you know, someone's offering this service. It's a white, it's effectively a white label execution service. Um, <clears throat> this algo, the implementation shortfall, I look at it, does exactly what customers should be worrying about. The one thing they should really care about, and that's market impact. And it's about reducing market impact. I've had a couple of interesting comments on the rollout. Um, a couple of people highlighted the challenges of the trading with Algo, effectively, you know, trade like XTX, trade like, um, you know, City, trade like JP Morgan, et cetera. Um, but namely, they were talking about, like, you know, the, what happens with the prioritizing flow when the franchise book is the same way. Now, Deutsche Bank, um, especially, and I think I seem to call Barclays as well, have offered this type of Algo in the past and they worked it out. Um, and so too is XTX, I think. You know, the proof of its commitment to fairness and equal fields based upon the urgency will come with extensive usage. But generally speaking, the firm seems to have recognized that, look, you know, this is how we're going to do it. This is totally transparent. This is going to be fair because I think they have to. Um, you know, they are coming from a, you know, they are trying to tap into a client base that maybe is not 100% aware of them. So they do need to be very transparent and they, and they, are, they are doing so. My only observation, I guess, around the sort of, you know, mixing with the franchise book is also something about when you've got a great number of clients. You know, if this thing is a success and there's a lot of clients using it, then it probably encourages people to increase the urgency. It's a paranoia thing. You know, they fear that someone else is going to be offering at the same time, but with a greater degree of urgency, therefore that other counterparty will get a, a higher percentage of the fills. Um, 
so I think there might be a paranoia play and it might make more people actually go, oh, I'm going to go high urgency to make sure I get my share of the fills. Whereas in reality, it might actually be better to you know stick with your medium or even low urgency. That sort of thing I think comes with experience and it probably comes with pre-trade analytics, which I think will be an important part of that as well. Um, so it makes sense for a firm. That, I mean, you know, I think we all have to accept and agree that XTX has established itself as a top three player in the public markets in FX. Um, so it makes perfect sense to me for it to expose its expertise in this field um, to its existing clients and through its partners, um, potentially a new client base. Uh, market structure change, yes, in a, in, a, in, a, in a small way, I think it is. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. On the subject of algos, um, HSBC also launched, um, or they added, NDFs to the bank's algo suite of products. Um, and it kind of struck me, you know, I wrote this on Thursday, that there's the sense that the day of the algo has finally dawned. Um, we were, I'm in an iron in March, April about it, but it seems to have, you know, maintained the share, you know, the, the market share it grabbed in that March, April period. It's as though when markets went crazy and the algos didn't destroy everything, people suddenly saw that as a validation of the model. Um, as someone has always you know, been a proponent of algos, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but on Thursday, I could have argue, argued that uh, as a side effect of this, more algos being used, there will be more pressure put on venues and LPs that rely upon last look. You know, I'm not suggesting for a minute that the last look disappears and dies away, but hopefully as the market promotes firm liquidity, um, these are those LPs and venues that do rely on last look will find their models compromised and they'll be forced to change. Um, you know, last look has a place, I suppose in, in the markets, but it's nowhere near where it should be at the moment. Um, you know, it's, it's sitting here in England like me where I should be home in Australia. That's what you kind of feel the same thing with last look. Um, both primary venues are at five milliseconds. Therefore, why are people holding people a hundred? Why are people holding someone 25 milliseconds? So you do feel as though, you know, hopefully the algos, because, you know, last look is the enemy of an algo because it's trying to um, execute to a predicted path. And if you've got last look, then that predicted path can be thrown out quite quickly, can't it? Um, so hopefully what we'll see here is this will be another little chip away and it will just provide a little bit more momentum behind what I think will be a, a genuine market move to reduce last look times down to you know a, a small fraction of what they currently are in some places. Um, I also got some feedback from one from one uh, source. I have to say that clearly didn't get the whole idea of it because um, the fact that they were talking just going back to the XTX um, uh, article as well as as well as my article on Thursday. And they were saying, oh, you know, well, the thing is, they're talking about being patient, but they, you know, they were against hold times. And, well, it's got nothing to do with that. So clearly someone out there wants to brief against them. And I welcome you on the podcast anytime you want to come on. Um, finally, for me this week, just a very brief one. I'm going to write about this on Monday in more depth when I've had a chance to go through it again. But um, just to update listeners on the latest in the Mark Johnson saga, um, you may recall a couple of weeks ago, they uh, uh, applied for a fresh hearing at the Court of Appeal in New York um, because there had been um, precedent established by another case in the interim um, that 
where they worked out the jury's instructions were unfair and um, they were exactly the same jury instructions as given in Mark Johnson's case, to which his team objected but were overruled. Um, apparently, it took one hour for one judge instead of three to say, no, this, this, um, this is dismissed, this appeal is dismissed. Um, and you go, okay, well, you know, <clears throat> these things happen. Quite remarkably, just two days later, the same Second Circuit Court of Appeal um, three judges granted relief to appeal on exactly the precedent that the judge on the Monday or the Tuesday, whatever it was, denied Johnson's appeal. You think, well, how can it be that the same court of appeal, and I don't understand legal stuff. Well, we, I think we all understand that. Um, but how can it be that a legal appeal can be thrown out one day by one judge and in the same circuit says, no, no, actually this is a precedent that's been set. We need to hear this again. I just don't understand it. Um, and you do start to think now, is this, you know, maybe the US government going, you know, the Department of Justice going, we still need a scalp for the GFC. And, you know, we've got one here that, you know, you have to say is collateral damage, but it also helps probably that um, they're a foreign banker. And I think it just feeds a certain narrative. So um, we'll end this section on that gloomy note, you know, with the hope that maybe the appeal does get through this time um, and we'll be back after the break with um, say a good news story from the foreign exchange industry that continues profit and loss forex network chicago is going virtual this year join us on september 23rd and 24th for quality panel content product demos and live chat via our new state-of-the-art event platform we're putting the network back in forex network Register now at profit-loss-events.com slash Chicago 2020. Innovation is often uh, at the center of this podcast, actually, but great ideas are not just about technology. They can, they can be the driving force for good. Um, obviously, these are very challenging times for everyone. Um, so um, it's great to be able to bring you a fantastic feel-good story in the FX industry because this week marks the start of the eighth annual E for Education campaign by City FX. Um, over the previous seven years, this has raised over $37 million for great causes, um, and I'm delighted to be joined by Aisha Latif, uh, head of EMA e-commerce FX institutional sales, and I think maybe driving force behind this year's campaign, Aisha. So, uh, at City, of course. Um, welcome to the podcast. Can you sort of, you know, maybe run us through the idea? Just remind us what the idea is behind E for Education, and um, you know, some of the results we've had thus far. Yes, absolutely. Hi, Colin. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Um, so, the City E for Education campaign uh, was created in 2013 by City Effects uh, to raise awareness and also funds for education-focused nonprofit organizations to tackle childhood literacy and also improve access to quality education. So since the inception of the campaign, as you mentioned, uh, we've raised over $37 million. Uh, we've supported over 600,000 youth globally. We've helped 530 schools um, in over 32 countries. And really, you know, the impact of the campaign can be felt worldwide. Um, the city affects business and our people are quite diverse. And, you know, we have presence in over 70 countries. And, you know, one of the strongest emerging markets footprints and 
our nonprofit partners are helping students in many of the countries that we're actually present in. You know, whether you're talking about from Brazil to Colombia to Ghana to Nigeria. And you know what? Even in my home country of Bangladesh. Mm. That's fantastic. Well, so you mentioned there's some of the organizations you're working with. Can you give us a few more details around that in terms of, you know, what they're doing um, with the support provided by the program? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we work with over 10 nonprofit partners globally. Um, these organizations all have different remits and geographical focus. Uh, but one of the things that, we're, that they are all working towards is the right to education for all children. Um, these nonprofits also mirror City's global footprint. So some of the organizations include Place to Be. So Place to Be works on mental health and well-being for children by providing access uh, to therapeutical and emotional support in schools. Um, we also work with EMPower, you know, EMPower support at risk youth and education in emerging market countries. Um, we also work with the Malala Fund and the Malala Fund works to break down barriers preventing over 130 million girls around the world from going to school. I, it's interesting. I mean, you, the first one that you mentioned, the mental health, I mean, I think here in emerging emerging economies it's a well-known problem i guess because you know of the troublesome histories but actually it's probably something that now resonates with people in the developed world thanks to the events of this year exactly i think this year's campaign is going to be more important um than ever because a lot of you know due to the pandemic uh it, this has been an enormously challenging time for many of our nonprofit mm. partners who work in the heart of these communities um, so we absolutely need to deliver this year on this campaign to help these children. Yeah, every year we think, oh, you know, it can't be more important this year, but it, every year we find a, another challenge, don't we? It's, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, as I understand it, this is um, an initiative that you guys um, manage outside of your normal day-to-day. -day. So it's not, I guess, um, run by the official um, philanthropy team at City. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. This was born uh, within FX um, about you know eight years ago. It is run by the FX sales and trading team, um, and you know the idea came actually out of a VP development program uh, that we run to basically donate a million dollars a you know a dollar per million for the FX that's traded on our electronic platforms. And actually, as of last year, we expanded outside of FX to include. Um, the broader markets and security services. So we now include our partners in equities and also futures. Um, and so one of the things that we're also looking at again this year is bolstering our contributions by uh, having additional boosters. So certain products we'll put $10 per million on that will contribute. Um, and I think one of the exciting things that we're actually launching this year alongside, which will help bolster the campaign is uh, the launch of our new algo offering. So we'll be launching our uh, NDF algo shortly. So that will hopefully help out the contributions as well. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're in different channels, different products attracting different, I don't want to use the word premium, but I guess it's the only word that comes to mind at the moment. Um, is there a difference between, you know, maybe emerging and developed market markets, currency pairs? As well? Um, so, so right now we are not differentiating between okay. uh, B10 or EM at the moment. Um, it's more product uh, specific. So last year, for example, you know we we did boosters on our algos, we did boosters 
um, on our options products. So maybe some of the you know higher yielding products. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's, I mean, it's a very good way of of, of, of approaching it, isn't it? Um, so, I mean, obviously, so it's done. It's done your own time, um, but it's also been recognition from within you know the broader bank itself, hasn't there? And um, can you take us through sort of you know, the achievement in terms of the, um, the City Progress Awards? Yes, absolutely. Um, so that was a very exciting moment for us. Um, so in 2018, we entered E for Education into the Impact Agent category of the City Progress Awards. Um, so the Progress Awards are an annual internal challenge that's open to all city employees globally. The impact agent category specifically recognizes business-driven initiatives that affect positive social impact. And I can proudly say that over the 200 entries, E for Education was actually named the overall winner in 2018 for the Progress Awards, um, which means that we actually received an incremental $250,000 to further the impact of our campaign. Now, what we did is actually we used these funds to create our E for Education internship program last year, which was a two-week-long internship program that we hosted for 14 students globally through our nonprofit partners. Um, and as you can imagine, many of these students come from, you know, underprivileged backgrounds and would typically not make it through your traditional channels for bank hires. Uh, so we covered their expenses, you know, including food, travel, hotel, and clothing, um, and actually, I'm proud to say we went on to offer two of the students um, a full-time internship offer in a recent 2020 summer internship, and uh, both of them have actually been accepted as full-time hires to start a city for next year. That's fantastic. I mean, I mean, in a way, that's just the epitome of what the program is trying to achieve, isn't it? That's exactly it, right? Um, you know, this is something very near and dear to our hearts, and everyone gets involved during the campaign, you know, whether you talk about our sales, traders, senior management, quants, because we all come together and band together along with our clients as well. You know, we have huge client interest um, on this and they really like to see the impact of the campaign on the yeah. children. Yeah. I mean, I'd like, I mean, you know, that's a great area to sort of touch on actually. So, I mean, how has the client engagement been, um, you know, over the years and, and what are you hoping for this year? Uh, it's been incredible. Uh, you know, every year our clients, so I want to probably just make a point. We don't ask our clients to go out of their way to trade with City during the campaign, right? They still have to adhere to their best execution policies, and we only get the trade if we are the best price. Um, so what we do is just of the volume that do we do win, we then go on to donate that $1 per million. Um, so our clients really, really like to get involved. You know, they like to see you know get involved with some of the children speak to them speak to our nonprofit partners um and everyone kind of bands together in the industry at that time to, uh for this cause so the mischievous in me wants to ask do you have a league table of clients <laughs> <laughs> don't have a league table of clients per se <laughs> um, it is very much driven by you know our obviously our top volume clients and the yes. volumes that we win clients yeah, I, I, I just have this image of being able to broadcast over the platform, you know, on, on the last day of the campaign. Oh, well, you know, this is number one, but number two is only you know, a million dollars in volume behind. <laughs> well, it's also very channel driven, right? Yeah. Because, you know, our largest contributors by far, you know, channel wise is through Velocity. Yeah. Um, 
that's where we really see a dominant share of our volumes globally across our clients. So, you know, it's very much philosophy clients, but then, you know, that is followed by FXL, APIs, and Bloomberg to a smaller degree. So, yeah, it's, you know, very much channel and client driven. Yeah, so, so it's, this engagement is across most of the platforms. Exactly. It's across all electronic channels. Mm. Um, and it actually started with Velocity, and, but, you know, we opened it up to all the other electronic channels a few years back as well. But we definitely see the majority of the contributions coming through Velocity. That's fantastic. So how long does the campaign run for? So the campaign starts on the 7th of September and it will run for eight weeks to the end of October. Oh, okay. So, you know, for, um, yeah, okay. So, so I mean, so a full month then? Two months. Two months. All oh, right. So, so you said, I misheard you. I thought you said October. Um, okay. So we've got two months then to get um, the client engagement going, to get your e-commerce team making their pricing better. I thought I'd just put that poke in, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> because if you... <laughs> I think what we can do now is establish that if it goes wrong, it's got to be the fault of the traders. He says, speaking as an ex-trader. Colin, <laughs> it's a partnership. <laughs> and, and it is indeed. And I have to say, I think it's a fantastic partnership between City and the NGOs. I mean, have it, has it been the same NGOs from the start? Um, so a majority of them have actually been the same ones that we partnered yeah. with from the start. We added on three additional partners uh, about three years ago that will, and one of those were the Malala fund. Yep. And, uh, and this year we'll be adding on an additional partner, which is teach for all. Fantastic. So I, mean, I, I guess that's the thing. I mean, hopefully it builds in success and you know, it becomes to use the business term scalable in itself, doesn't it? Exactly. So, you know, we're, we are always kind of reviewing our partners and looking for, you know, different organizations that kind of, meet um that education related campaign that we are running yeah yeah well as i say it's a fantastic initiative and, and thank you so much for giving us the time to share the uh, the details behind it um this this podcast of course remains business agnostic but um i think for once we can say to everybody get out there and trade with city fx um and raise some really good money for some really good causes and um, help the good work continue um Asa, thanks so much for joining us Colin, thank you so much for having me today. It's been really brilliant. And um, to our listeners, thank you very much. Yeah, hopefully you'll pass the word um, as much as you can about this initiative because I think you know, the FX industry is full of good people, but it's great to see these sort of initiatives um, really making a difference um, where it's important. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and say so pass the word around, and we'll be back next week. Um, and have a good week. <laughs>